Readers Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Hello, everyone. We are trucking through December, getting closer to Christmas. Happy Hanukkah to those who are lighting candles. And whatever you are celebrating this holiday season, I hope that it's warm and full of light. I know it's busy. Mine has certainly been really crazy busy. But it's super fun this time of year for book lights to get to chat with authors about holiday books. It's always fun for me. Also, if you uh, follow us on social media or follow me on social media, we had big news this week because Feedspot had their top 100 book um, podcasts to listen to, and Book Lights came in at number 23. We were we were in the top 25, so that was exciting. So thank you so much for listening and wherever you listen, and thanks for being here. I'm excited that everybody has as much fun hearing from authors as I do. <laughs> So without any further delay, this week I'm really excited because I, you know how I love having authors on who I know, and today we have Michelle Cornish on, and she's from Canada, and I do know her, and I think she's fantastic, so I can't wait for you guys to meet her. If you haven't read Michelle's books, you are in for a treat, and she has so many holiday books to talk about. I'm very excited, and I also noticed that there's a free one on her website, so we'll tell you all about that too, but anyway, Michelle strives to write the kind of books that she enjoys reading, complicated characters, a little romance, and a lot of mystery and intrigue. She writes strong women in sticky situations. Those are her specialty. So you can find out more about her on her website. I did put a link to her website right there on Blog Talk if you're listening live. Or if you're listening later, you can click that anytime and check out her blog and all her, she has so many books out. And also she writes children's books with her kids as A.J. Corman. And I know that she's also a very talented illustrator. So I'll let her tell you about that. Are, Are you there, Michelle? Hi, Lisa. Yes, I am. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being here today. You are up in the cold north. Is it already freezing, having a white Christmas? We do have, so far we do have the whiteness. It's not freezing, so that's good. We're we're doing good that way so far. (laughs) Yay! You haven't had to hunker down and stay inside yet. No, I mean, I tend to do that anyways because that's just my personality. I know we haven't had to hide from the cold yet. Well, I thought it was cute because one of your new holiday books is called Snow in Love. <laughs> I thought, oh, Canada, it's all the snow. But um, do you want to tell everybody about it and why they should go grab a copy? What's it about? <laughs> sure. So Snow in Love is a second chance at first love. So it is set at a ski resort in the Pacific Northwest, and um, Jules has to go back to Wonderland Lodge, which is a resort that her mother owned with her first love's parents um, because her mother has passed away, and she discovers that her mom actually left the resort to her, and then um, the second surprise is that her business partner is actually now her first love that she's been trying to avoid for the last seven years. 
Oh, I love second chance romances. Um, <laughs> so can you tell us why why everything fell apart the first time or is that too much of a spoiler? Oh, no, not at all. So um, the first time, uh, so the book also uh, deals with grief of both Jules as well as Bennett. Um, so he was her first love. And the first time it fell apart because Bennett's parents died and he just didn't deal with his grief too well and basically pushed her away. And rather than try to fight for the relationship, she just had enough and decided, okay, that's it, I'm out of here. And she moved to Colorado. And she's been in Colorado managing a ski resort there where she's actually the sales and marketing manager. Um, so, yeah, so when she's called back to Wonderland, it's a bit of a shock to her that Bennett is still there because she thought that he had moved on with his life as well because he was always going to be an architect. And that was something that he couldn't do um, while staying at Wonderland Lodge. I see. And But now they're, they're forced proximity. They're stuck together. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is some forced proximity there for sure. Um, and then the lodge, there's a whole bunch of things that end up happening with the lodge that they have to deal with. So it's, essentially they end up having to save the lodge. So there's a few things. I don't want to share all of them. So <laughs> people might yeah. want to go um, read about them for themselves. But yeah, there's a few little um there's some minor things, and then there's also a pretty catastrophic thing that happens. And so they have to come together to save the lodge too. I love it. And is it a series or just a standalone? It's just a standalone for now. Um, there are some fun characters in there that uh, surprised me, so you never know what might happen. Uh, there was also um, another surprise for me was there's a lot of gnomes in there <laughs> um, <laughs> of the garden variety, not not the magical come alive type variety, but of the garden variety. There, gnomes play a very big part uh, in the story, so that was pretty fun for me to write. Oh, fun! And for for people who love holiday books, is there plenty of holiday Christmassy things in there? Yes, definitely. So that is one part of um, when they had to save the lodge. One thing that happened because Jules's mother uh, died, she was the one that usually got everything going for the holidays, started with the decorations and all the planning and everything. So because of the timing of her death, nobody thought to decorate. So the lodge hasn't been decorated for Christmas, so they need to do that. Um, and then also they discover that the lodge is not in the best financial shape, so they have to plan some events at the last minute. So there's some Christmas events happening. There's a snowman festival. And then there's your usual, like there's a Christmas Eve dinner and there's a New Year's Eve uh, big gala dance and everything. So, yeah, there's lots of festivities happening too. Ah, fun. Well, uh, this one is obviously like contemporary romance, but you have – two new holiday books out and the second one is Santa's Secret which I think is more suspense right you want to tell us about that one yes that one is definitely romantic suspense and it's a very different feel than Snow in Love um, so it is contemporary as well but it there is way more mystery and intrigue so um, Santa's Secret is about Elise, so she's a private investigator. She's also a workaholic, and her friend convinces her to take a trip to 
the very small town of Pine Bend. And there she's drawn to a mystery, of course, because she's a private investigator. She just can't leave the mysteries alone. Um, but she also meets Nicholas, who is a part of this mystery as well. Um, so there was a woman that disappeared several years ago from Pine Bend, and nobody ever got to the truth of what happened to her. And she was Nicholas's love. So this is almost it's almost a love triangle where the third person is almost a ghost because we don't really know what happened with Clara. So Elise and Nicholas are drawn into this mystery to get to the bottom of what happened to Clara. And so they team up. And then, of course, along the way, they also end up falling for each other. Ah, and this one also has holiday shenanigans in it, I take it? Yes. So... Uh, this one has, so because it's more of a uh, small town, I mean, the Wonderland Lodge does have a small town vibe to it as well, but this one, the holiday festivities definitely feel more low-key, I would say, than the festivities that are happening in Snow and Love. So, like, in Snow and Love, we have the big parties and everyone coming together from the town, whereas in uh, Santa's Secret, we have smaller gatherings, things like there's a, a paint night that they go to where they're painting poinsettias and doing Christmassy things that way. And there's a Christmas fundraiser for the food bank. So the festivities okay. are a little bit different. Yeah. And um, because Pine Bend is a very, um, let me see, like a nature driven type, it's also in the Pacific Northwest, but it it has more, um, like I've drawn more on the setting for the Christmas feel, like the forest, like there's, they go into the forest. So Nicholas is a wildlife biologist. So um, there's more um, nature in the way of uh, he has this elk herd that he monitors. So Elise gets to see what that's all about. And it, and it still has a Christmas vibe, but just in a different way than Snow and Love does. And is Santa's Secret part of a series in Pine Bend? It's not, but it's funny that you asked that because one of my beta readers was saying how it would be perfect if Elise uh, had some more mysteries to look into in Pine Bend. And um, there is something that happens, and I don't want to – it would definitely be a spoiler if I say what happens, but it kind of opens up an opportunity for Elise as well. So it could definitely end up being a series. And I did um, – I really loved writing about Pine Bend and all the – nature around the area so who knows that might turn into a series eventually oh fun and i was going to ask what inspired you to write two holiday books this year (laughs) what was the inspiration behind these yeah it was actually the cover designers so uh this time last year i saw the cover for snow in love and it was the cover designer Deborah Brad says she was doing a sale and the cover was just so cute that I just had to grab it and I had told her that it would be, (laughs) yeah, I love it. And and I told her it would be next year's Christmas book. So that would be this um, 2023. And then for Santa's secret, uh, same thing. I just saw the cover. I think it was a, like a Christmas in July type of sale that the cover designer was doing. Um, Karen Brunson from the author buddy. And again, I just, I saw the cover and I just right away, I'm like, Oh, I could do a Christmas romantic suspense because I've been wanting to do something that was a little darker than a fun festive romance type book. Mm-hmm. And that just sort of fit. And so I grabbed the cover and yes, I wasn't planning it at all, but um, <laughs> it worked out. So. 
And what the cover designers, they're just so good at what they do. They have, they just create these wonderful covers and then I get ideas and yeah, I have to do it. <laughs> yeah. For readers who are listening, I have author friends who like have stacked up like one of them is like, I have to write seven more books for all the covers that I bought. Um, so it is a thing that we collect covers sometimes. <laughs> yes, I have a massive hoard. It's embarrassing how many I have, actually. I'll be writing books until I die, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, there are worse habits, right? That is true, yeah. <laughs> And and because I know you, which book was the one that the cover, when they make these pre-made covers, they make up titles to go with them, and then they'll change the title after you, you know, buy the book. But one of them, you told me you kept the title, right? Yeah, actually, both of them are the original title that the cover designer came up with. And <laughs> I find that, yeah, more often than not, I actually end up keeping the cover, unless it's a super super popular cover or title on Amazon. I usually will keep the title because I, um, in the past, when I've come up with my own title, it just never feels as good as what they came up with. <laughs> Well, sometimes the title like can inspire the whole book, like Santa's Secret. I love books with secrets in them, and Santa's right in the name, so it's very clever. Yeah, I thought that that was just perfect. So, yeah, I didn't want to change that one for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when I was poking around on your website to get information about the books, I saw that you actually have a free holiday book on your website. I don't know if it's free everywhere. I didn't check that, but called Falala. Yeah, Falala is free everywhere right now until the end of the month. Although, except Amazon. So um, I think on Amazon it's 99 cents, but they do do the price matching for anyone who's interested that's listening. You can can get Amazon to price match, so you can still grab it for free. Ah, so you want to tell people about that one? I saw it's Enemies to Lovers, which is my personal catnip, so... Yeah, so this one I published last Christmas, and um, it's a gender-swapped Robin Hood retelling. So um, I've I've noticed that the people that have read it, they either love it or they hate it, because, of course, the main character is a thief. So um, if you don't like, yeah, so if you don't like characters that sort of, you know, gray, um, (laughs) there's a little gray area there, then you won't like the book. Um, But yeah, it is a Robin Hood retelling. So I, I tried to stick with the main elements of the Robin Hood story of stealing from the rich to give to the poor. It is set, instead of being set in a town of Nottingham, it is set in a hotel that's called the Nottingham and Robin and her friends all work there. And uh, Jake Marion is an accountant that comes in to uh, sort of see how the books are looking for the end of the year. And uh, Robin and her friend have been stealing from the hotel. So that's sort of where they they become their enemies to start with because, you know, he's trying to figure out what's going on with the finances of the hotel. And, you know, she's the one that's potentially causing these issues. Um, (laughs) And then, of course, they end up having to share an office. And so it just gets worse from there. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, and... You, I was going to ask you, one of my questions was going to be about, I know that you used to be an accountant, and so I was going to ask if you write accountant characters ever, but you did, because he's one. 
Yes, I probably do way too much because, you know, I think about not everybody wants to read a story about an accountant, but I do write way too many stories with accountants in them. So um, my main thriller series, the main character is a forensic accountant. Um, And even in Snow and Love, uh, the characters aren't accountants, but there are some definite scenes where, uh, like, Jules is going through her mother's stuff, and she's trying to figure out how she was doing the bookkeeping, and she's trying to figure out what's going on with QuickBooks Online, and (laughs) so there's still (laughs) elements of accounting. I just can't get away from it. It just keeps sneaking into my books. <laughs> well, I I was going to ask, did you ever do forensic accounting? Did you find embezzlers and and where people are hiding money and stuff like that? I never did forensic accounting. I actually looked into doing my certified fraud training. I never did go through with it, but I did do some auditing, which is sort of the preliminary step to, you know, like from there you would go into doing fraud investigations once you had the certification. But um, the reason that I made uh, my Cynthia Weber character a forensic accountant is because of the fraud investigations. It just makes for a much more interesting thriller. So in book one, she is an accounting student. Um, and yeah, I just found that it was a little bit limiting as to the thriller elements that I could get into with her in that role. So then I made her a forensic accountant in the next books so that she could really dig deeper into the fraud investigations and things like that. Oh, fun. Okay. Well, I know that accounting isn't like a very, um, glamorous thing, but forensic accounting is kind of interesting figuring out where that money went. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely interesting following the money trail and and sometimes when I was auditing I I feel I feel like I went into writing because I have way too much of an active imagination to be an accountant because in my mind everyone was trying to commit fraud and I'm like no no I can't have that kind of uh <laughs> mindset when I'm looking at people's books and records. So, so it's probably good I'm no longer an accountant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, I did find one other Christmas book on your website, and I think it was free, too, called Warming My Winter Heart. Can people get that for free on your website? Yeah, that one is free until the end of the month as well. Um, So, yeah, and that one is... um, it's more of a novella length, and actually Falala is closer to uh, novella length as well. Uh, so Warming My Winter Heart is actually the first rom-com that I ever wrote, and um, it's about, uh, so Lexi comes back home after being in L.A., and she comes home to Little City, so she's kind of got the whole um, coming back to a small town, and um, she's coming home thinking that her ex fiance is dead, but he's actually still alive. And um, her mother and her friends have sort of (laughs) pulled the wool over her eyes in this regard. So she's trying to figure out, you know, what's going on. And she's shocked to find out that he's, you know, sitting next to her in the Christmas Eve service that she goes to. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. And is our, I forgot to ask about follow law, but are any of those in any of your series or are these all just holiday, holiday standalones? Yeah, so Warming My Winter Heart is part of a series called Seasonal Singles. So there's three other books, one for each of the seasons. Um, So Warming My Winter Heart is more of a May to December, like age gap type romance with an older man. Um, And then uh, Saving My Spring Fling, that is a one night stand trope. 
Um, Snagging My Summer Love is a second chance romance. And then Faking My Fall Crush is uh, Friends to Lovers. And then Fall of Love. Sorry. sorry, Go ahead. No, you go ahead. (laughs) Okay. Um, Fall of Love, it's not part of a series, but I have definite ideas for stories for Robin's friends. So when I was writing the characters, so rather than having... Um, the typical Robin and his band of merry men. I had like Robin and her, you know, merry women kind of thing. And as I was writing the story, there there were definite stories popping up for me for all of her friends as well. Uh, but I was just sort of waiting to see what happens with that book before I decide to do more. I have ideas for covers as well that I would actually illustrate, hope to illustrate myself um, more and also tied to song lyrics so like Falala that's from Deck the Halls and so then I thought it would be fun to have other uh, song lyrics as titles for the rest of the books in the series but so far I haven't um, done anything with those ideas they're just ideas right now. <laughs> okay they're just percolating. <laughs> yeah yeah I just thought it would be fun but because there was such a people had such a love-hate reaction over that book I sort of just uh, left it as a standalone for now and maybe if the people who really love it start to you know overcome the others that hate it then maybe I'll write more books in that series yeah it's funny I as a as an author who does write romance I have written a few female heroines who are kind of in a morally gray area and it's interesting because if I had written a hero who was doing those things, I know he would be redeemed and forgiven, but it is, it does seem harder for readers to forgive when it's women, I guess we're held to, you know, a higher standard, (laughs) but, but I've had a couple of thieves and, and both times, um, you know, just some people do not like the heroine to do something where it's kind of, in a gray area. I mean, I had one who was, who was, you know, stealing uh, from very rich, wealthy people and selling it on the dark web to cover people's health, healthcare costs because that their insurance wouldn't, wouldn't cover, um, you know, for cancer treatment and stuff like that. So she was doing it for a super good cause, but there were a few people who just were not happy that that was happening. So it is tough sometimes to have heroines who, yeah. who you know, are a, That's, a um, little tap dancing over the line of legal. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And that's actually very similar to what Robin is doing. Like it is for healthcare reason as well, that she is stealing the money from the hotel. And in the end, it's all, you know, I don't want to spoil anything again, but I feel like she redeems herself, but maybe not. I mean, maybe the, the readers who hate the book, they don't feel like she did enough to redeem herself. I don't know. But, yeah, there, I think, um, you know, where people's lines are is so such a um, variety that you just never know how they're going to take that. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, but it sounds like a really fun premise. So um, maybe when the ideas demand they get written, you'll be able to <laughs> go write the rest of those stories. Yeah, I know. It's funny how that happens because, yes, the one cover, like I can picture the whole the whole cover and I even have the title and I know what her story was going to be. And it's like, oh, pretty soon I'm just going to have to write that book. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Pretty soon it'll just have to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I always ask this time of year um, for like favorite holiday movies or there are so many cute like Netflix rom-coms and stuff now that they all try to keep up with Hallmark and and um, there are just some of them are so cute. But do you have any favorites that you like to watch this time of year? Oh, my goodness. So I'm the worst at remembering names of things. But actually, fortunately for me, this morning, someone was talking about holiday movies in a Facebook group that I'm in. And um, the holiday, actually, with Cameron Diaz um, Mm -hmm. and Jack Black, um, that one I really love. And that is one that I have watched more than once. Um, I'm not normally somebody who watches movies over and over, but that one for sure, I would watch that every holiday. I do love that movie. That is a yeah, the classic, it's not a romance, but a Christmas carol. I always, mm-hmm. I would watch like any variation of a Christmas carol because I just, that's just my favorite, all-time favorite Christmas movie. I love that movie. Do you like, do you like Scrooge? Do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. And the Grinch, like those are my favorite. So I think maybe I need to increase my holiday romance repertoire. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, there are a few on uh, Netflix that really knocked my socks off. Like I remembered the title, Um, but there was, there's one called Love Hard, which I I thought that's a weird name, but it's because the hero's favorite, his family's favorite holiday movie is Love Actually. And she is staunchly in the Die Hard group and so the whole movie they're they're fighting about which is the better Christmas movie and um, but but he's actually catfishing her he had put up a dating profile with his handsome brother's picture and she decides for once in her life to do something spontaneous and she shows up <laughs> she thinks his brother is the one and and it is not um so anyway, that one was really cute. It was really good. And another one, um, I think it's on Netflix, is called Holiday. And it is so funny at times that I hurt. I was laughing so hard. But it's like <laughs> a couple who um, I think they meet at New Year's. I think it's at New Year's that they meet and they don't have dates and they agree to be each other's holiday. Um, and Christian Chenoweth is in it as her older aunt who introduces her to the idea of you can go to all your family holidays with this person, but you're not really a couple. They're just your holiday. So it takes you through all the year's holidays of these two. And of course, by Christmas, they you know, they're in love. But anyway, it's really good and so funny. So Holiday, highly recommend. And there's also Castle for Christmas with Carrie Elwes from uh, Princess Bride and Brooke Shields. And I love having the older hero and heroine and the setting is gorgeous. It's a castle, I think, in Scotland um, that, that she, I don't remember if she inherits it or if she buys it but anyway it's it's really fantastic with older hero and heroine and very rare in Christmas rom-coms for some reason they always make them so you know chaste and pure and they don't kiss till the final scene and then that's it (laughs) but in Castle for Christmas they actually get to have a night together before they're even actually like in love which is (laughs) was very refreshing 
refreshing. I'm like, oh my gosh. But um, but it was fantastic. Uh, really great movie. And so much, it'll get you in the holiday mood. There's snow. There's a huge, it's a small town in Scotland. And there's a big ho- Christmas celebration there with traditional dances. Anyway, it was really great. So there are my holiday romance wrecks for the romance listeners. <laughs> Yeah, those sound awesome. I actually, the Castle for Christmas one, I heard of, uh, I took a Christmas romance writing workshop in July, and they were talking about that movie. So I definitely, Ooh. that's definitely on my list to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I might it. have actually, well, yeah, I think it sounds so good. And I love the idea of the setting in Scotland. That sounds awesome. Um, and then I think Love Hard, I think I may have watched that last year because it sounds so familiar with the catfishing and then he turns out, yes. he, he's kind of geeky, it turns out, yes, right? Yes, very geeky. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I really love that one. Yeah, that was really good too. So, But I'm going to have to check out Holiday too. That sounds awesome. Oh, Holiday is hysterical. You, you'll you love it. Um, <laughs> um, before we run out of time, what's next for you? What are you working on next? Well, I left my last thriller that I wrote, I left it with a cliffhanger. So I really need Ooh. to get the next book out. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. So it's the last book in the series as well. So, yeah, I'm hoping to get it out. Hopefully by the end of January would be awesome. I don't want to keep readers waiting too long because, yeah, it is quite a doozy of a cliffhanger in book five. So, <laughs> Which series is it? It's the Cynthia Weber. So she's the forensic accountant. So it's that series. Oh, okay. Okay. It's crime, crime thrillers. Yeah. Okay. So anyone who has read that other book, don't worry because the final, the final yes. book is don't, coming. Don't break anything, throwing the book across the room. The, the conclusion <laughs> is coming soon. <laughs> Yay. Well, before we run out of time, how can readers get in touch with you when they're excited that they read the book? Are you on social media? Do you have a newsletter? How do they hook up with you? Yes, I feel like I'm on all the social media platforms and also on my uh, website that I, I remember you said that you had the link there. So there is a newsletter sign up there as well. I do a newsletter once a month. Um, but yeah, otherwise, social media is great too. Um, yeah. Great. Well, thanks so much for being here. I- you guys have a wonderful holiday. I hope it doesn't get too cold up there. <laughs> <laughs> You too, and thank you so much for having me on. It was so fun. Oh, it was very fun. Thanks, Michelle. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye, Lisa. Thanks for joining us on Book Lights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.